You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. How many of you were here last Wednesday night? All right, good, good, good. How many of you were not, just so I can see? All right. Where were you? Now, I'm just thrilled you're here tonight. Um, I believe in... However, this works out for you. I believe I'm divinely instructed of God to do what we're doing on Wednesday nights regarding this, this year, 2011, we're going to be doing something called real life. And the Bible, the word of God, Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. We have other places where the word is is very clear about itself, that it is a light. And the entrance of his word brings light. Y'all hear? The entrance of his word brings light. And it gives understanding even to the simple. And so the word is light. And I shared with you last week that light, um, and I see my eye doctor here too, so he he understands this. The power of light has to do with its focus. And the more focused that light is, the more powerful that light is. And, you know, we have lights that are on me that are more focused than the lights that are on you right now. And that's just for the purpose of what we're doing here. You could take a magnifying glass and magnify that light and you could start a fire. You could further focus that light down to laser focus and you can cut steel with it. And what we're going to do, and this is what I feel impressed to do, we're going to take real life, everybody say real life, we're going to take real life issues, problems, and we're going to focus the word of God as best we can on that. And we're going to break through some things. And and he sent his word and healed our diseases. And that's a, for instance, verse, if he healed our diseases, we have, I I could give you a, a bunch of other scripture that would bear this out. If he healed our diseases, then he can also give you peace of mind. He can help you with this situation and that situation. And the word speaks to all of those things. And so we're going to focus in the word tonight and actually over the next uh, two weeks as well um, on the issue, issues of anxiety, worry, fear. They're all related. How many of you have ever heard of, of these things? Okay. And uh, so we're just going to dive into the Psalm 34 verse four. The psalmist said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Now leave that verse up if you would for a moment. And I want you to notice I sought the Lord and he, everybody say he, now notice this, he heard me and we can, we can insert this and he delivered me. From what? How many of his fears? Would he do that for you? I know you're not in the Bible, are you? Yes, you are. And I sought the Lord. I want you to go ahead and say, I sought the Lord. And he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. Okay. And I, I want you to get a hold of this. I started with this verse and we'll probably end with this verse tonight too. Not that I'm ending now, but we'll come back to this verse, but you need to know, just as I told you on Sunday, God hears and answers prayer and you should pray. 
And so we need to seek the Lord. He will hear us and he will deliver us, rescue us, set us free, give us distance from our fears. All our fears. Amen. Anxiety. um, And I'll ask questions now and then to just kind of keep you. It's a teaching tool to kind of keep you in there. Have you heard of this? How many of this? Blah, blah, blah. Are you there? Bob your head. You know, whatever it would be. And that's to keep you plugged in. Okay. Um, But anxiety. And and I'm not going to expose you tonight and say, all right, if you've ever had a panic attack, stand up and come up here. Because... Not going to do that, but we're even going to venture into that a little bit because you know that is that is more common than any of us want to even admit uh, that there's anxiety issues and panic attacks and things like that. And we're going to find out from the Word of God. We're going to throw in some some things that in the natural, practical go along with that. But when we talk about this word anxiety, it's kind of an umbrella word, and it covers worry. Fear, anxiety from mild to extreme. How many of you have ever had mild worry, fear, anxiety before? How many of you have ever had extreme before? Okay. And then also from periodic to chronic. Some people on occasion, occasionally, you know, they'll have some anxiety about something. Or there's certain things that would trigger that for them. Or certain things on occasion, seasonally, uh, would, would cause them to worry or to be at fear. Other people are chronic about that. It's, it's almost continuous, uh, for them. And we want to look at that as well. We all face anxiety producing situations and triggers. We all face things like that. And, and I'm not here to tell you tonight that you won't ever have anxiety, worry, or fear. You're going to have things that will trigger that you're going to have anxiety, fear, and worry producing situations, but we're going to find out what to do with that. Okay, we're going to find out what to do with that. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's, it's like mosquito spray. I'm not telling you you won't ever have mosquitoes again. But if, you, if they show up, you're going to know what to do. Okay, y'all with me on this? So we all, and, and that's why I want everybody to understand this, because some people just feel like it's just me. I'm the only one. Well, I'm the only one. And you need to know that we all face anxiety producing uh, situations and, and triggers and worry about different things. Some things that worry one person do not worry another person at all. I, I saw this. The traveler worries it might rain while the farmer worries it might not rain. You know, and so one thing is a concern for another, where it's not a concern for somebody else. Some people are afraid of some things. Other people are thrilled about that. You know, and we have these snakes that live around the front of our house. They're black racers. And some of our family (laughs) are not as thrilled about it. I just think, I think they're beautiful. And you go, well, don't, haven't you read Genesis? Listen, this is not that serpent. Okay. And he's eating, he's eating lizards and he's, and he's eating mice and they're really cool looking. And, you know, so some people just, ah, you know, and they would leave the house, abandon the house and leave, you know, and, and then, you know, that doesn't, doesn't bother at all. And then there's other things. I can't stand that other people. Oh no, it's fine. Um, So all of us have different things like that, but we can handle these things in some common ways. 
We worry, we get anxious, we get fearful over some things that are real. And we get anxious, fearful, and worried about some things that are only perceived. We even imagine things. And, and the thing is, a lot of things that we worry about and have anxiety about don't even exist or haven't even showed up yet. And so it's an incredible tool that the devil uses to play mind games because he knows the impact of this. Worry weighs us down. Worry drains you of joy. It drains you of strength. Drains you of creativity. Affects your emotions. Causes mental distress and anguish. It hurts you physically. It affects your blood pressure, your digestion, your headaches, colds, creates stomach disorders, and can aggravate any other uh, condition in your body. Worry, anxiety, and fear will eat with you. We'll sleep with you. We'll take showers with you. We'll go on vacation with you. Worry has even been spotted at Disney World. <laughs> and see, we try to some sometimes, well, if I just go do this, and if I just go there, and if I'm just with them, uh, you know, that we think that we can escape these things. But how many of you, let's just, I want you to participate on this. How many of you, honestly, you know, you've had worry go to bed with you. Go to dinner with you. Get in the tub with you. You don't go anywhere with you. And what we've got to do is is understand some things about this so that it can cut it out. Because I hope you don't enjoy it. And that you would want to be free. This is an important thing that you're going to want to be free. Some people um, are just used to worry. It's a habit for them. My grandmother, her name was Nola. My grandma's gone to heaven now, we hope. And that's a whole nother story. I won't take the time. But just real quick, she couldn't hear in in the last few years of her life. She couldn't hear at all. So um, I wrote her a letter and told her how important it was that she received Jesus and told her how to do that and wrote that out and gave it to her. And I'm just hoping that she followed through on, on the letter. But. My grandma was a chronic worrier, a proud worrier, and taught my mom to be a worrier. And I hated it because they would just, ah, just everything, you know. (laughs) And if I stole, she made her own bread. If I stole dough, that yeast dough rising smelled awesome. I'd steal dough. She, you're going to get worms. You know, everything, everything would kill you. Everything was going to ruin you, you know, but worry can be habit forming, but I want you to hear this, but it's completely reversible. So if it's been a habit, a lifelong habit of yours to be a worrier, it is reversible. The Bible, God's word has much to say about worry, anxiety, and fear. Mostly this is what it says about it. Don't. That's what it says. What does the Bible say about worry? Don't. Don't. Very good. Now, Proverbs 12, verse 25 says this. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. You ever been there? We've all been there. Come on, come on. You ever been there? Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But, everybody say but. But a good word makes it glad. 
So right there is just one of dozens of scriptural examples and proofs that this can be reversed. Anxiety in the heart causes depression. No one likes to be depressed. I hope you don't like to be depressed, but a good word makes it glad. Now, to worry is very natural and to, and you have to deal with it on some level naturally, but we're going to take it to another level where we're going to deal with it supernaturally. But sometimes you can't take it to the supernatural level unless you first of all take care of some things that you could take care of in the natural. Y'all with me? Um, you deal with the identifiable problems. You deal with the things that you can control. Go deal with those things. Focus on the things you can control that you could do something about. Um, we've been having a lot of cold weather and back before Christmas, right around Christmas time, we were having freezing. They were calling for hard freezes and so forth. And we have at our house, um, our water is, is from a, a well, a pump. I go out every morning and I, no, I don't, I don't thank God. I don't. And it's out in the yard in, in our backyard and it's kind of exposed and there. There's some pipes and stuff. And we've never had them burst or freeze or whatever. You know, we always covered them over. And sometimes I get in trouble because I grab the wrong blankets to cover them over. But I, I set up a little floodlight right by there. And I covered over because you know what? In the morning, I don't want to deal with all that. And so we were having several nights of, of all of that. And then one night I'm lying in bed and it's late. I'm lying in bed and I'm worrying. And I'm worrying because I've not covered it up and I've not plugged in the light. And I thought, but it's cold. And I'm in bed. But I'm worrying. And I'm just thinking, Jesus. Jesus. That was not Jesus' job. Y'all with me? That was my job. So you know what I did? I got up, went and plugged the thing in, made sure it was all covered up, came back to bed. And you know what I did not do anymore? I did not worry. I did not worry. And you need to look at your life. Just slow down. Instead of just worrying about it, everything's bad and everything. And I'm just, uh, uh, instead of, I'm the object lesson for Wednesday night. You know, in, instead of, <laughs> instead of all of that, look at things. Just stop and look at them. All right, can I do something about this? And if, the, and if you can do Get yourself out of the cozy bed and go do this, go do that. Do what you know that you can do. And on times even ask people. Now, I can control my attitude, but I can't control somebody else's actions. I can control my calendar, but I can't control others' circumstances. And understand that it's not what happens to me. This is important. It's what happens in me. That's the important thing. Now, I want you to get this next phrase because this is huge for us, okay? It is not what you worry about. Listen, what you worry about is not nearly as important as why you are worrying. Now, get this. What you are worrying about. Let's talk about this just for a moment here. What do we worry about? Come on, go ahead. Somebody tell me. Snakes. Money. 
Money? How many of you ever worried about money? Health? Jobs? Relationships? Children? Pets? Sure. Sure. How many of you worry about your pets? Come on. Boy, I got a pet story for you, but not tonight. Okay. <laughs> Believe me, this would be a book and a, and a mini series. Um, health? Who? Lack of faith. Government. Absolutely. Who? What? Family. Family. Um, we worry about we worry about all kinds of things. But listen to me. It's not what. What we worry about is not nearly as important as why we are worrying about it. This is important. There's a reason why we're worrying. It's not what that is so important. Why are you worrying? And again, what did the Bible say about worry? What is the main thing it says about it? Don't. But I've got things that I worry about that cause anxiety, that cause me to fear. Well, the real issue then is why we all have these, but why, why are you worrying? And let's look at this. It's an issue of focus. It's an issue of trust. Get this worry, anxiety, and fear are the opposite of faith and trust. They're the opposite of faith and trust. Now stay with me because we're going somewhere with this. Do you trust that God is able? Do you trust that God has a plan? And see, when we, when we worry, when we have anxiety and fear, we're worried. I've got a reason for this. But see, it's why am I worrying? Well, I have worry because apparently I don't have trust that God can work a plan, that God could do something that God is able to do. Now, our, our, our time together tonight is not to condemn you. Some of my reading on this, some, some writers actually said, if you worry, you're just in flat out sin. Well, technically, yeah, it would be, it would be sin because whatever is not of faith is sin. But I don't want to come at that angle tonight. If you're worrying, you're a sinner. Get down here to the altar, you know. No, let's find out how we can stop doing it. Let's find out the remedy. Let's find out what the Bible says about this. So we can get our focus, get our faith and our trust in God. Now, this is important. Do not accept that you have to live in fear. Do not accept that that's just part of life, that we live in it. Uh, Some of the words, even in Matthew chapter 6, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? It's perpetual worry. It's not to say that worry doesn't set in sometimes, but it's, it's just like if a mosquito lands on you, you don't go, well, I'm bit. Are you done? No, what do you do? Blow it off or do, or do something. You react to it. So it's not to say that it doesn't come, but now it's what we, we have to do to counteract that. Y'all, y'all with me on that? And so it's very important that we do that and we don't live in worry. So don't accept that you have to live in worry and fear. You have problems, you have challenges, you have frustration, but know that we have Bible remedy um, for this. Now, 2 Timothy 1.7, I want to get into some action on this right now. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Will you read the verse with me? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Notice the phrase spirit of fear. Romans eight fifteen talks about God has not given you a spirit of bondage so that we fear Again, so fear is bondage. We also find in Isaiah 61 3, it talks about a spirit of heaviness. Now, listen, I'm not getting goofy on you here, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's an oppressive, heavy, some kind of yucky spirit, unclean, from darkness, from the devil who hates you, that will try to get on you. There are times where there is no explanation, no real reason for why I would worry or be fearful or be anxious. And yet you can feel kind of a spirit of heaviness. Am am I the only one here? Okay. And, And a spirit of fear. And the Bible tells us God has not given us a spirit of fear. But yet on occasion we have a spirit of fear. God's given us a threefold remedy, power, love. And a sound mind. But I think we need to get active sometimes and use the mighty name of Jesus. And we've taught this and taught this numerous times. And it's very simple. You don't have to go put on camo and combat boots. You don't, you don't have to get all worked up. You don't, you don't have to do all kinds of stuff. And, and Louie, I'm not messing with what y'all were doing there. They, they did something in their men's group. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you. Listen, you by yourself and you're dealing with stuff. You don't have to get some kind of special whatever. You simply can use the name of Jesus. I did this yesterday. Where I just, where I just said. On the, and I said it out loud in my car. I was by myself except for me, Jesus, in a spirit of heaviness, spirit of worry. And you do this in the name of Jesus, leave me now. Let's just practice it one time in the name of Jesus, leave me now. Now, if you're here tonight, and you say, well, I don't know. That sounds a little, little far fetched. Trust me. I got plenty of Bible to go with that. Plus a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. Try it for yourself. Put some faith in the name of Jesus, because I guarantee you, I know it gets on you too. I know it gets on you too. And, and, and when allowed to, it'll start camping out. When allowed to, it'll become your collar, your hat, your helmet. Come on. When allowed to. And you get it off of you. As soon as you recognize it, get it off of And you don't have to spaz out and everything. Like you walked into a spider web. It's not like that. It's like you get your composure, you grab your faith, you realize, hey, I may not even feel all spiritual at the moment, but you know what? All power is given to us in the name of Jesus and every name is subject to the name of Jesus. So in the name of Jesus, whatever you are, fear, worry, anxiety, leave me now. Well, what if I don't feel different right after that? Do it again. I mean, do, what if I do it all day? I don't think you have to do it all day. And, and just know that it has to. 
One of the things I've learned is that the devil hangs on until he knows for sure that you know for sure that he has to leave. And so it's a matter of knowing in the name of Jesus, I belong to him. I have this authority. God has not given me a spirit of fear. And so rebuke it in the name of Jesus. If you're with me so far, say something, do something. All right. Let me move on a couple other things real quick. Psalm 112, verse 7 and 8. It says, he will not, say that's me. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid. Look at all this. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. Notice that he will not be afraid of evil tidings. That's information, reports, news, gossip, whatever. You not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast. Why? Trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid. So what we've got to do is get our hearts settled that we trust in, we trust in the Lord. And when you trust in the Lord, you put your trust in him. And I don't think you can silently put your trust in him. I think you need to tell the Lord, Lord, I trust you with this. I trust you with this. Now I'm talking about the supernatural end of this. You put your trust in the Lord. Lord, I'm trusting you with this situation. Go ahead and trust him in this. It settles your heart, establishes your heart. And the Bible says that you will not be afraid. John chapter 14. And I'm, I'm coming up to something very important in just a moment here. John, it's all important, but I mean something I'm real key. John 14, verse 1, and then verse 27. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. It says, do not let your heart be troubled, distressed, or agitated. If the Bible says, do not let it, then does that mean that you possibly could let it? And what we, we need to know that you have, you have some say-so in this. Do not let your heart be troubled. How many of you have ever let your heart be troubled before? Oh... You know, we just kind of let it. (sighs) Jesus said this, don't, and you're going to have to practice this. I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to practice. Don't let your heart be troubled, distressed, agitated. You believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely on God. Believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely also on me, Jesus said. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be what? Afraid. Watch this. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Sometimes you got to have a talk with you. Alicia's mom used to tell her. You know, she'd get pouty or upset about something. She goes, you got the same britches to get glad in. (laughs) My mom used to say, you stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. (laughs) They teach these things at mom school. (laughs) It's online now, but. But I'm telling you, you need to have a talk with you. Sometimes you need to get yourself in the mirror and say, I'm a child of God. God lives inside of me. Talk to yourself even. You're a child of God. God lives inside of you. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Jesus said to stop it. I'm telling you, stop it. 
Stop letting yourself get all upset about everything. Get yourself together. You know, sometimes you have to tell people, like, settle. Keep, hold on. I've been out at times with the sheriff's office and, and you know, somebody's just, ah, you know, just all over the place. Just, just stop it. Just be quiet. So we can sort this out. You know, and sometimes your mom would tell you, your teacher would tell you that. Sometimes my mom would look across the table and just give you this look. And I had a decision to make. Die young. Or stop it. And Jesus said, everybody say Jesus said. Jesus said, stop it. And so you're going to have to, and you're going to have to practice this. You go, I'm so used to doing this. You're just going to have to stop it. Catch yourself and realize I don't have to do this. Now, let me give you something that go beyond this now that will help to fortify this. Five times in Jesus' discussion in Matthew chapter 6 where he says, don't worry. Consider the birds of the air. Consider the flowers of the field. Five times he said, do not worry. Everybody say, do not worry. And in verse 32, he said this. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, here's the part I'm after. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. Everybody read that part right there. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. All right, let's personalize it. Say, my heavenly father knows that I need these things. Now, why am I emphasizing that? Because that's what they were worrying about. And that was the antidote. He didn't just say, do not worry. And we have that repeatedly from Jesus. We have that throughout the Bible. Do not worry. Do not be afraid. Do not be anxious. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. But see, I've got to have a reason why not. I've got them. What do I do? And Jesus said this, you need to, you need to know this. The Gentiles who don't know God, who don't have any covenant relationship with a father, God, they worry, they fritz out. They think I got to have this or life won't work. He said, but you say me, me, your heavenly father knows what you have need of your heavenly father. Say my heavenly father. He knows what you have need of. Now, listen to me. He knows what you need. He knows where you are in life. He knows what's going on. And this is what you have to get tonight. Get this. When you don't believe this, you worry. When you don't believe that your heavenly father knows what you have need of and he's able to do something about it. When you don't believe that, you worry. When you're assured of that. You don't worry. I have three of my five children at home now. The others are growing up. I don't like it. I'm not worrying. My two youngest, and I I just want to use them as an illustration, Greta and Gabriel. They don't worry. Uh, I was listening to Fox News a little bit this afternoon and they were talking about OPEC and gas prices. And I noticed that gas at the pump today jumped up about a dime or something. I want to promise you something. Gabriel and Greta have not worried one iota about that today. There's several nations that are talking about we've got to get together so that we can contain potential 
uh, increase in food prices. Greta and Gabriel are not worried about that. It's going to be 23 degrees or so tonight. And our water, I don't know if I told you this or not, is on a well. (laughs) And Greta and Gabriel are not going to worry about that tonight. Interest rates, college tuition, whatever, listen to me, look at me. They're not worried a bit because they, their hearts are assured, daddy will take care of it. Y'all hear me? Daddy will take care of it. If something went south, something happened, this broke or whatever. And let me expand it for the reality of a home life. They know mom and dad will take care of it. They don't worry about it. You, if you don't believe that your heavenly father, and, and I'm, I'm just a little more reverent than this. I know, I know some people they have, it's the teaching they've had and, and, and maybe they, they call dad, uh, they call God, daddy, God. I, I just don't do that. I He's Abba, Father. He's my Father. But I, and if you do that, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm my. Let me, for these purposes, Daddy will take care of this. I'm assured of that. Well, what if gas prices? My God. Now, if you're assured of that, you don't worry. Now, if, if you're not assured of that, you'll worry. You'll worry. Well, well so-and-so is doing this. And, and what happens if this and, and all the things that you told me are triggers for worry. What about those things? Well, if I'm assured, uh, let me give you another verse we can get assured of here real quick. Isaiah 58 verse 11. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul. Do we have that? Do we have that, Terry? Isaiah 58, verse 11. I want them to see it. The Lord, here it comes now. I'm not worried. I'm assured Terry will take care of Isaiah 50. See? I wasn't worried. Terry. The Lord will guide you, say that's me, continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Now, if you, if you don't believe that you'll worry, if your heart is assured of that, you won't worry. Romans eight twenty eight says this, for we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. I love God. I'm, a, I'm called according to his purposes. And I coined this a few years ago. And it is, it is my heart's cry. Everything always works out for me. My heart is assured of that. I won't worry. Does worry ever get triggered in your life? Uh-huh. And then I just have to remind myself to cut it out, Gilligan. Stop it, little buddy. Some of y'all know the show. And remind myself everything always 
works out for me. The Lord will guide me continually. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Now, if you believe that, if your heart is assured of that, you won't worry. (gasps) But this is going on. Well, get your grip. Check it out. See what you have on your scripture belt. And you know, you'll know. But I'm going to tell you what, if you do not have access to the word and have some kind of storage of the word in your heart and your mind, you're going to be worrying. You're going to know, where is that Bible? Where, where is that Bible? Where's the preacher? Is he on TV? And, and you know, cause you don't know anything. And this is why you've got to crack this open every day and get it into your heart and don't just read it, but let it speak to you and find nuggets and go, whoa, ha. And grab hold of that and categorize things and get your promise books and get some apps for your smartphone. Stop just playing games and, and, and doing Google map to see where am I now? <laughs> there are some incredible apps out there and you're feeling worried. The doctor just gave you bad news or this or this or this. You can find out what God says and get your heart assured on that. Because let me tell you something, what you're worrying about, that's not nearly as important as why you're worrying. I'll tell you why we worry is because our hearts are not assured of what God had said. He's going to guide me. He's going to help me. He's going to protect me. But you don't know what's going to come on the earth. I know, but he does. And I'm just going to stay real plugged in with him and walk real close to him. I'm going to stay with the guy who knows. I'm going to stay with the guy with the muscle. I'm going to stay with the guy who has the power. I'm going to stay real close to him. I'm going to hear what he says about this. And see, we flood ourselves with the news, the news, the news, the news, the news. And the news is just going to major on the what all the time. But if you get your heart established, you not be afraid of evil tidings. And you need to get your heart assured of this. Let me just finish up. Fear is not from God. Fear not is from God. Let me read you a couple of verses and then we're going to finish up here tonight. And we're not done with this. But you know what? What I've given you tonight is enough to deal a fatal blow to worry and fear and anxiety, which you have tonight. Now, let me give you a couple of things to just get your heart assured of. And I'm going to give you one. We're going we're to repeat it several times. And if you'll just get it and get your heart assured of it, I'll tell you what, when this stuff tries to get on you, you're going to be all right. First of all, and I'll go back to the second Timothy one, seven, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Hebrews 13, six, this one's awesome. Says so we may boldly or confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Do you know how many times, and I need to find out and I'll come back and I'll let, I'll let you know. There are so many verses that talks about uh, not fearing. And it says, what can man do to me? Apparently that's one of the things that we fear. And the fear of man brings a snare. And over and over again, if we understand, and let me get this verse here. The Lord is my helper. Go ahead and say it. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now, does man try to do things? As I shared with you just recently, you know, sometimes things happen uh, by accident. Some things are self-inflicted and other things we get an unwelcome shove from somebody. Those things kind of happen in life, but 
people do stuff. People do stuff for all kinds of weird reasons. But you know what? In the final analysis, what can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. Say it again. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. You just need to know that part. If you just get, let me just ask you, and hopefully just at least three or four of you. How many of you, your heart is assured the Lord is your helper? Wait a minute. You don't know what helper means yet. I studied it out this afternoon in the Greek. Do you know what helper means? Helper. How many of you are assured in your heart there's nothing God couldn't help me with? There's nothing he couldn't help me with. Uh, Let me say it another because some of y'all don't know. God can help you with anything. That's what I'm trying to say. So the Lord is my helper. Go ahead and say it. The Lord is my helper. Say it one more time. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. And you know what? You need to have a little soul talk, a little self-talk and, and sometimes just pull away. I mean, at work, people take smoke breaks, bathroom breaks, coffee breaks, all kinds of stuff. You can have just a little break where you just get aside just to go out and say, the Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid. And if your heart's assured of that, you won't worry. If you don't believe that, you're going to worry. Let me go a little bit further. Two more verses and then I'm going to finish. Psalm 27, verse one. We read it with me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then Psalm 34, verse four. And we'll finish with this tonight. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Now, listen, take what we've got tonight. You have in your heart, in your mind, in your hand, you have what it takes. This is going to be on the archives. I think probably tomorrow, um, you've got notes. You can get CDs before you leave, do what you've got to do to get a hold of this, because I promise you within every 24 hour cycle, you're going through some kind of anxiety, worry, or fear. And we've got to get that stuff off of us. Keep that stuff off of us. And God will help us with this. Hey, folks, listen, the Lord is my helper. And I'm not going to be afraid.